COVID-19 has changed our lives, the way we live, the way we work, and the way we learn. And it gave us no time to easily transition into it. It all happened at once, giving everyone so much to deal with, emotionally, physically, and financially. One of the big topics now is educating kids at home. And while we can find humor in a lot of the situations, parents truly have a lot of questions as what to do. On today's episode of Life Well Learned, we're going to answer all those questions and make you feel better about your new situation. Check, check, check. This is. This is. This is. Life. 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 Life Well Learned. Life Well Learned. Life Well Learned. This is Life Well Learned. This episode's going to be an interesting one, and hopefully by the end you'll feel better about your situation, because let's face it, your situation has changed. Everyone has changed. We're now working and living and learning all under one roof, and that's hard to navigate. But throughout this episode, we are going to give you the tools that are going to help you make your way through these truly unprecedented times. So let's start where we always start, and that's at the beginning and with our expert. Hi, this is Dr. Jeff Fonts. I am an associate professor of education at Medi College. Dr. Fonts is also a former teacher and building principal, so he has a really good 360 view on how to handle all aspects of educating a child. So we're going to start where we always start, at the beginning. And the first question that a lot of parents have is, where do I start? Two things keep coming back to me, and the first one is uh, routines, and the second one is schedules. I think parents would be surprised if they don't already know, especially in elementary schools, at the routines that kids have when they come in the building. You know, they put the red folder here, they move this uh, clothespin here, they tap their heels three times, you know, all this kind of stuff. So I think routines would be really good. Um, and I think schedules will be important too. You know, talk to the kids and kind of establish, you know, this is when we're going to do some schools type stuff. I think those two things would really, really be helpful. So if your kids haven't already told you that you're doing things out of order, it might be a good idea to ask them what they normally do at school. Maybe you do the Pledge of Allegiance every morning and then talk about what day it is and what the weather's like. Follow their morning routine. It, it might help. And when it comes to a daily schedule? Talk to the kids and establish, you know, everything, of course, is age level appropriate. But uh, these are the times when we're going to do school. I would even go to the point where from as silly as when snack time going to be so the kids aren't grazing all day and maybe even pack a lunch for the kids and everybody eat lunch together but say you know we're going to work on school stuff uh from 10 a.m to 11:30 or something like that and kind of keep that as part of the routine in, in, same thing with like screen time and all that kind of thing um it doesn't have to be formal school but i i think that's a good place to to begin um is to establish some some mores that you're going to kind of go back to on a daily or every other daily basis. Think a little beyond just schoolwork when it comes to routine. It's important to get up and take a shower and change and maybe not come to school every day straight out of bed. It's the little things like that that can help set up for a successful day. Okay, so we've established some routines and schedules for the kids, but Dr. Founce points out that it's important to be flexible because this is a new situation for everybody. But what exactly should the parents' expectations be 
going into this day to day. I don't think they should expect to recreate the whole school day at home, at, you know, at the kitchen table. But I think they should expect or try to to have some kind of learning going on or engaging the brain every day or Monday through Friday or something like that. It's important to remember you're not a teacher in your house is not a school. Parents need to take some of the pressures off themselves and understand that if they're doing activities with their kids that's engaging their mind, uh, that that that's teaching and learning. And so it doesn't have to be traditional worksheet. It could. There's pl- all kinds of resources. I did a Google search. There's all kinds of resources for parents of worksheets and, and videos. But it doesn't have to be that classic what we have in our head of what school looks like it can be anything it can be cooking together to work on math and fractions it can be um, planning a dinner to work on nutrition so it doesn't have to look like finger quotes traditional school so as parents work with the kids to try and figure out what their structured day is going to look like how do they know if they're successful what should they consider a win i consider a win um any kind of brain engaging activity um, any kind of uh, reading um, you know you were talking about routines before if I could circle back so I don't know if if people who don't spend time in elementary schools realize this but in the younger grades a lot of classes the first thing they do is what they call circle time or calendar and and it's as simple as it can drive you crazy as an adult but it's as simple as you know what day is today today's friday what was yesterday it was thursday what's tomorrow it's saturday what's today's date i don't know what today's date is but whatever it is what is to, that kind of stuff so that would be a win in the sense that it would be a routine but that's also sequencing it's also learning the days of the week learning to count and those kind of things so i think something like that would be considered a win even though it might not feel like you know oh i just learned some great new theorem but just something like that to engage the the brain um i think would be considered a a good thing and and a, a, a family could feel good about it so routine and flexible scheduling that's important when educating your child at home But don't overthink it. It can be something as simple as circle time, like Dr. Fount said. But when it comes down to it, what are the most important skills that parents should be focusing on? Everything in education right now is based on literacy, K through 12. So any kind of reading and writing skills. Yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot since we we started talking about this. And, um, you know, obviously younger kids, ABCs and sounding out words and stuff like that. But even something like, um, you know, do creative writing. Maybe tell if the kids are a little older, third, fourth grade, hey, we're going to write a book and every day we're going to write a couple of pages, you know, and that's that literacy piece that's continuing. So so I think that is one. I think basic math skills, you know, the company line is, you know, they don't teach basic math skills anymore. That's not true. And so reviewing, you know, your basic grade appropriate math skills, I think is a great idea. Um, there are You can make flashcards out of index cards like I used to do, but there's also a lot of great online study sites for kids of all ages where you could do multiplication tables and and things like that. So I I think those two would be the most important. A lot of teachers have made sure that they put packets together for the kids with worksheets and all of that. That can be hard, though, for parents to stay on top of. So Dr. Founce is just pointing out the important skills to focus on if you're trying to win a battle. 
But it's not just schoolwork that you should focus on. There are other aspects of your kid's day-to-day life. I think it's important to talk to the kids and, and let them talk about, draw, write, whatever, what they're feeling. Because it's got to be disconcerting for them to be out of their routine, to not see their friends. When, when kids are young, for the most part, I mean, you know, I'm in elementary schools all the time, and they just adore their teachers. They hug them, you know, the whole thing. And not being able to see their teachers, it's got to be tough for that routine to be broken. So recognize that and talk to them about it, and that might help. Dr. Founts brings up a great point. There's a reason that all of this is happening at home, and it's what's going on in the current environment. How do you approach that with your kids? What The danger in a, in a critical situation like this is because we're all in shock, we're all confused, we're all angry, anxious, whatever it is, that we forget that the students are feeling the same way. My suggestion is the first thing would be to talk to the kids. You know, what do you think about this? Little hints like don't sit a six-year-old down and ask them how they feel. Because, you know, um, so do something, play with Legos, do drawings. And as you're doing that, ask them how they feel. And then I think it's okay for parents to say, you know, I think this feels weird. You know, this is strange and and I'm not sure what to do. And to try to recognize that everybody's in that situation where they're just unsure and and not feeling well. I I hope that that would help. This also might help you understand why maybe your kid doesn't want to learn from you, doesn't want to do schoolwork, really doesn't want to do anything you want them to do. It's actually one of the signs to look for that they may need a little more emotional support. Acting out, however you want to define it, is, it seems, is mostly a symptom of some other, something's going on with the kid. Um, I think being in touch with them and talking about them and, and talking, excuse me, with them is going to is important if parents are feeling like their students their kids are extra stressed or have extra anxiety um, I would say start it by talking with them but also consult your local phys- your, your pediatrician because they may have some online stuff that's available I think there's lots of good resources about what to for kids at kids level to do what do you do when you're sad what do you do when you're anxious what do you do when you're um, scared and those kind of things um, and, and I think that we need to do that um, I think not pushing your kid past when they're appearing to be agitated um, you know it's that fine line between sometimes you got to do what you don't want to do but you know using your spidey sense to know when it's more than that and then talking with them um, and you know giving them a break I think sharing our feelings as adults may help coming alongside um you know using our empathy words like you know geez i know what that feels like i feel kind of the same way or yeah that would scare me too or i you know um starting a conversation with boy you know this is i i really wish i could be back at work what do you how about you you know that trying to empathize and and come alongside i think you can sum up the first half of this podcast with just trying to get on the same level as your child. They might be going through it a bit more emotionally than you thought they were. And if you can all kind of understand what each other are going through, getting through those tasks throughout the day might be a little bit easier. When we come back, Dr. Jeff Founts has some more tips on maybe how to motivate your kids and 
get them through the day and other tips and resources that you can go for help. That's next on Life Well Learned. So now that we've established the emotional side of what's going on with your kids and even yourself through this unique experience, we can kind of move on to how to get through the day. Now, you might be struggling with your child. They might not feel motivated to do work, or you might be having trouble keeping them on task. Here are a couple things that we can look at. It's always good to, with anything, whether it be chores that kids have or, you know, whatever's happening is consequences and rewards, I think, are important. So setting up a reward system. You can have so much screen time if you get this done. Or the other consequence side. If you don't do this, you can have screen time. But Dr. Founce does warn against that. I imagine the, the parent who says, uh, if you don't do your schoolwork, you won't have time to play video games or whatever it is. And then they don't do the schoolwork. So now the parent has a double problem. The schoolwork didn't get done, and now the kid's not allowed to do So now they're tearing up the house. Unfortunately, he says there's really no magic answer. But he does have a couple of tips, a couple of ideas. A lot of times, not always, but a lot of times kids misbehave in classes because they're bored or they're not connected with stuff. So if we think about engagement, if we think about, um, so if, if a kid is into sports, you know, she loves soccer, whatever, then if we're going to read with them, why not read Sports Illustrated? Dr. Fount says it's not about the content. It's the fact that they're reading. And if it's something that they're excited about, you might be able to engage them a little more. It's the same concept with his cooking idea. They're making something. They're not sitting at the table. But if you want them to sit at the table, here's also something you can do. One of the things I ask my students, and this is sort of on a tangent, but it's coming back, I promise, um, is did you play school when you were a kid? Because most of the, the students that come to me are going to be teachers, and they all say, oh, absolutely. And so I was thinking, well, bring all the, the stuffed animals to the table. When you're having school with your kid, let them bring the whole class with them. You know, that might make it a little more fun. Um, and then parents aren't expected to be teachers, but things like calling on, does the teddy bear know the answer? I mean, just those kind of things might engage the kids. Another tip he has is flexibility. Don't think that all schoolwork has to be done at the kitchen table or all at once. Because as we navigate through this together, it's all about finding that balance. I said to our kids, you know, we're through the looking glass, so regular life is completely redefined, and I think that's part of it. But I think, as we were talking about before, not thinking of school just as worksheets and on the board and stuff and trying to incorporate those different things. I think, you know, we have to keep in touch with our kids because they're all different. But I don't think it's a bad idea to set up, you know, an hour and a half every day. We're going to be kind of doing school stuff, learning stuff. Maybe that would be better called learning. Um, but I think, yeah, know the kids, give them plenty of breaks. If if they need to take a break, instead of doing it for an hour, do a half hour, take a half hour break, do another half hour, those kind of things. Most of the time we've been focusing on kids that don't want to engage or don't want to work. But some parents out there might be facing the opposite problem. I was talking to a friend and, and her daughter is in high school. Uh, she's a freshman in high school. And she's one of those anxious class kids, you know, one of those do the schoolwork kind of kids. And so when all the work came in from all her teachers, she thought she had to get it done like that. And that caused a lot of anxiety. So that's a different kind of problem to try to help her find balance. So I think that's where we can help the kids sort of understand. Because we do have a lot of, 
I don't want to say overachievers, but really focused academic kids in all grade levels. So maybe helping them to to see that it's okay to take a break and, and remind them that there you know there's other things to do. I mean, I think balance that's the perfect word is is we have to find the balance in every day. I think one of the common themes through this episode is there's no right or wrong answer. It's what's going to work best for you and your family. And as long as your kid is kept engaged, that's what's important. But I know you're still going to probably come up on things and not really know what to do. Like, what happens if they're working on their homework and they have a question and you have no idea what the answer is? What are you supposed to do? I think there's a ton of online resources, um, at least to sort of get a feel for it. Parenthetically, I think it's okay for a parent to say, geez, I don't know how to do that either. Let's find it together, make it an activity that we're going to research it and take it together. Um, I think it's okay to let parents off the hook and say, you don't have to know everything. My son's taking calculus. I don't I have no idea. And so that's okay. Um, so use your online resources, those kind of things. Um, I don't know how. I know the mechanisms, but but getting kids to see their peers is a good thing. I don't think two second graders FaceTiming would always be like it would be for you and I if we were friends and didn't get a chance to talk because I can't imagine them talking about the weather or whatever. But maybe saying, well, let's call let's call Julie and see if she knows, you know, and, and sort of maybe investing other people because that gets the social interaction as well. So that's a thought, too. Um, but I think the most important thing is, is let yourself off the hook. It's okay if you don't know something. So use the resources you have and do the best you can. And maybe that's the big theme is do the best you can. One of the worries in doing the best you can is maybe leading your child astray and undoing what their teacher's already done and, and what they've taught them and how they've taught them to do it. I think that's something that, that parents probably will worry about. But my advice would be don't worry about it. Do the best that you can. Keep, keep the mind working and the, the specifics will come. I think when we get school back in operation, it's going to be crazy because people, kids will be at all kinds of different levels. And that's okay. We know that's going to happen. I think parents should, again, let themselves off the hook and, and do what they can. So now let's talk about the parents who, in addition to trying to keep their kids on track and focused, also have to work from home and meet deadlines. What advice is there for them? That kind of partly goes back to talking to the kids and explaining the situation. And, you know, mommy has to work from home, too, because we don't want people to get sick and that kind of stuff. So we're going to have to work together. And there's going to be some times when when I have to work and can't be with you. So I think it's that's the beginning of it. I think, um, you know, I'm not anti screen time. I'm anti tons of screen time, but that might be a way that you can kind of balance things out. And that goes back to that schedule. But part of me says that that's going to be part of the growing process of our whole culture moving forward, that now that every kid in America is home, that some of those deadlines are going to have to be written in pencil instead of pen. What Dr. Font said might add a little bit of stress to trying to figure out how to hit those deadlines. But his point is this, this might be leading to something else. I don't think that this whole situation has a greater meaning. But maybe this will bring us a better opportunity to rediscover the joys of a family eating dinner together every night. And maybe this will bring us closer together to communicate as a family. Because I would, I would guess that a lot of kids don't understand that their caregivers 
have deadlines and have work to do as well. So look at the silver lining as a communication restart to really talk to your kids about what your roles and responsibilities are as well as theirs. And if anything, look at it as a great cultural shift for the future. I I think it's going to have parents appreciate teachers more. I think it's going to have teachers appreciate parents more. I think, I hope that one of the lasting effects is that it'll be more parents and teachers and kids and schools all kind of integrated together. So I think it's going to have a a serious uh, cultural impact on a lot of, and it's going to have a lot of negative cultural impacts too, but I think that there are positives that are going to come out of this. Recognizing it's going to be stressful, it's going to be anxious, it's going to be, you know, but yeah, I do. I think, um, and that's that's a good thing, you know, a reset, if you will. More communication is going to happen. New ways of communicating are going to come up. Bottom line, we're all going to learn a lot through this process. Just keep in mind to be flexible, and there's really no right or wrong way as long as you're trying your best. And remember, there are so many resources out there that can help you online, but it's important to know what to look for. The things to, to look at on the site is obviously huge thing preview it first because you never know when a curveball is going to come try to look in the about us section and see where it comes from and then if it's a certain organization maybe do a quick search on that organization that'll help to see um but i would just encourage parents to just do some searching and um you know try your best to check the validity of the of the particular website but there's just great things i i just over the weekend watched the mr rogers movie and it's wonderful And it made me think, you know, what we need right now is Mr. Rogers. So maybe go on YouTube and show some Mr. Rogers quotes because there's shows because he he talks a lot about allowing kids to have their feelings and how to talk to kids about their feelings. And I think that's super important right now. I think, you know, we're all in this and we're all. But I think um, so that would be a good one. But I I think, yeah, just, you know, try your best to, to to look at the sites and see what they're about. But the resources are unbelievable. And I'm assuming schools and teachers are going to send out a bunch of resources, too. Not only are teachers sending out worksheets and resources, but I can bet that they're probably there to help you as well. Whether it's conferencing over the Internet or writing notes, teachers are trying to support students as much as they can. So don't forget to ask them for help as well. They're there for you and your kids. And another thing to remember? Every day's a new start. Kids are very resilient, and it's not like they're going to say, I'm not learning from you today because you messed up yesterday. No, they're not going to do that. There's going to be ups and downs, and that's okay. You know, reassure them. I still love you. I know this is weird for me to be teaching you, but I'm still dad. You know, your teachers are still out there. They care about you, you know, that kind of stuff. And you use the resources you have. Anything we can do to exercise the brain is good. And yeah, we'd love to continue the the worksheets or whatever that come home from the schools. Yes, that's important. We want to do that. But just recognize that anything we do is going to do it. And, and, you know, give yourself a break. Hopefully you're feeling better now than you were at the beginning of the episode. You're going to make it through. And so is your child. Just try and stick to that routine, but be open to flexibility. Make sure you're empathizing with your kids' emotions and using the resources that you have, whether it's the teacher that I'm sure is standing by ready and willing to help or the resources that you can find online. But when all else fails, the best thing to do is read, whether it's the Sports Illustrated, Harry Potter, or Clifford the Big Red Dog. Content doesn't matter, but reading will get you through this. 
We do have a list of online resources for your convenience at lifewelllearn.org, as well as other articles and episodes that might help you through the situation as well. If you haven't yet, make sure you rate and subscribe to us on Google or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I want to thank our expert, Dr. Jeffrey Fonts, for joining us today. You can learn more about him at lifewelllearned.org. Life Well Learned is made possible by the Medi College Alumni Association. I'm Liz Mantel, and we'll see you next time.